0: Hello, I'm Hannah Kaplan, and this is the WCS Wild Audio Podcast, where you'll find reported audio stories covering the latest news and newsmakers from WCS's field sites, zoos and aquarium, and their conservation partners. We've got a great show today, so let's get to it. Science is at the heart of effective conservation. It factors into everything WCS does at its global field sites and its New York City-based zoos and aquarium to better understand wildlife and wild places. But translating that knowledge into policy and action requires creative engagement with the public and lawmakers. Executive Vice President for Public Affairs John Cavelli oversees that effort in the U.S. and recently discussed with Wild Audio why it's so important. Nat Moss has a story. John Cavelli joined WCS after a decade working as Chief of Staff in the Washington office of U.S. Representative Elliot Engel, who chaired the House Foreign Affairs Committee. He understands both the process of passing legislation and the pressure points that influence how lawmakers consider a given bill or policy priority. Those are skills invaluable at WCS, where John and his government affairs team draw upon the organization's scientific work to advocate for wildlife conservation.
1: What we do is take that science and bring it into the policy arena. We need to make sure that the good work that WCS is doing and other great conservations around the planet are doing uh, are part of the dialogue, so that when decisions are being made, they're gonna impact wildlife and humans and impact our planet, that our scientists are there and our science is there.
0: A key element in reaching decision-makers is by engaging the public, but how do you cut through the daily barrage of unsolicited text messages and emails asking us to contribute time, money, or our signature to achieve some policy goal? Does it really make a difference? To fight the public cynicism, says John, you need an approach that's more complex and multi-tiered. For conservation, zoos play an important role as a point of contact with the public that can build towards action.
1: I think to say, oh, I'm just going to sign a petition and that's it. No, it has to be the whole package. We are able to bring you into our parks and you can learn a bit more about the wildlife and learn about the issues that they're facing. You can then take action while you're in the park. You can engage in that process. And then we find innovative ways to engage you even further in that conversation. And then you're writing that letter to that member of Congress or that state legislator. Guess what? At the end of the day, all of those pieces combined make a difference.
0: John looks to WCS's 96 Elephants campaign as a prime example of how public outreach can help to organize a constituency for conservation to achieve concrete policy change. The campaign, named for the number of elephants then being slaughtered daily in Africa for their ivory, engaged scientists, families, advocates, and elected leaders to halt the commercial trade in ivory.
1: We brought together uh, many of the uh, largest conservation organizations in the country. We came up with a set policy and agenda of how we were gonna work together. We generated a coalition of over 150 organizations across the country in more than 40 states. We worked together on passage of legislation to close ivory markets in New York, New Jersey, California, Hawaii, then worked with the Obama administration, with President Xi in China, and what happened? The United States and China announced that they were gonna be closing their ivory markets. This is this incredible example of different political parties, different perspectives, different parts of the country all coming together because of their love of wildlife and specifically elephants.
0: That combination of different voices and perspectives is what helped WCS and a host of partners to push successfully to have the American bison named the National Mammal of the United States. The designation derived from a bill introduced by Liberal Congressman Jose Serrano of the Bronx, along with fellow Democrat Lacey Clay from St. Louis, Christy Nome, now the Republican governor of South Dakota, and on the Senate side, John Hoven, a Republican senator from North Dakota.
1: I remember at the press conference where we announced uh, this joint effort, and one of the reporters asked Congressman Serrano, Why are you here from the Bronx supporting this? Well, it gave Congressman Serrano the opportunity to tell the story of how the bison were near extinction. There had been 30 to 60 million in the country, and we were down to approximately a 1,000, and how the Bronx Zoo was able to breed them and then ship them out west in 1907. And then Lacey Clay. African American from St. Louis spoke about his family member's great uncle who was a buffalo soldier and the story there about how important the buffalo was to his family as an icon and then Christy Nome who was a rancher and had buffalo and Senator Hoven who comes from an area where the buffalo have been such an important part culturally historically. And who's fueling this? The Wildlife Conservation Society, the Intertribal Buffalo Council, which is comprised of approximately 60 tribes from over 20 states. And then on top of that, there is a great organization called the NBA, the National Bison Association of the Producers of Bison for Consumption. And the three of us came together working with this incredibly diverse political array. We were able to get the bill passed and on May 9th, 2016, President Obama signed it into law. And now our national mammal is the bison, the symbol that unites us.
0: Again and again, conservation successes derive from working with diverse partners, from senators and congressmen to indigenous tribes to local businesses. John says the proof is in the pudding, or maybe the cannoli. He remembers a year when New York City arts and culture funding, which includes zoos and aquariums, faced cuts in the budget. John and his team joined a local Bronx baker in a creative effort to reinforce the idea that New York City without art and culture is like, well, I'll let him tell the story.
1: At one point, the city was looking at cutting our funding by 50%. So we were very concerned. And we worked with Jerome Raguzzo of Gino's Pastry Shop. And we gave each member of the city council a a beautiful box. And they opened it and there was a cannoli shell in it. But there was no cannoli cream. And uh, inside, instead of the cannoli cream, it said, you know, what's New York City without culture? It's like a cannoli without the cream, and it was a great, funny way of telling an important story about the the role and significance of cultural institutions like the Bronx Zoo and the New York Aquarium.
0: These successes continue to fuel John's passion for his work as he leverages WCS's science and partnerships to achieve funding and policy commitments for conservation. He says conservation and saving nature are not partisan issues, but he's realistic about the global challenges we face. A new campaign framing our future stresses that nature itself is a critical partner in combating climate change and other intersecting crises that we face today.
1: There are three crises that we're dealing with right now. One is the loss of biological diversity. Then you have the issue of climate change and these high-integrity forests that are so important to the future. And last is protecting these forests also will help us from future pandemics. And why is that? As we've been going further and further into these last wild places, we have become that much more in contact with pathogens that unfortunately have come out of these forests. So the more we're able to save these last wild places, we're also helping to contain future pandemics, that's really an incredible value that we get as
0: humans on this planet. Translating that value into concrete action is at the heart of John's work. It's an uphill battle, but John finds hope just outside his office at WCS's Bronx Zoo headquarters.
1: I find optimism every time I go to the Bronx Zoo, because as you walk through that park and you see these young people who are so excited to see a gorilla for the first time or see a lion or a tiger. Instinctively, I feel hope from knowing that there's another generation that realize that they have to do something to help save them.
0: For WCS Wild Audio, this is Nat longs